yes. Yes, I am recording. Hey, yeah, it's so good to recording. <laughs> you know, one of my very favorite ridiculous jokes of all time, and it is of all time because I thought this was funny as a kid and I still think it's hilarious now. Oh, God. Um, okay. In Mario Kart in particular, right? Wario had been introduced as oh, yeah. evil Mario. One of my right. favorite fucking jokes of all time is that they made his partner Waluigi. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Mm hmm. Oh, that did not go unnoticed by me. And I was like, I don't think, I don't, I don't think that's how this works. It's not, but it's so fucking good. And he makes the weirdest fucking sounds in the game. Oh, yeah. It's so delightful. 100%. That is great. I don't care that they don't perform well because they don't really, I'm, I mean, you have to know how to use them, but like. I don't know shit about Mario Kart. I'm not good at it at all. I enjoy I'm it. Very terrible. What my favorite thing to do when I'm uh, doing a racing game is to suddenly and accidentally be going backwards. That's my favorite <laughs> thing to do. That's basically the only thing I'm good at. If you if you could get points for like turning around and having mm -hmm. the oncoming traffic be like, oh god, what's going on? That's what I do. Mm -hmm. And then the little turtles turtles floating in the clouds, being mad and waving their little checkered flags. <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah. What I want. Uh, for real. By the way, I'm the treasurer of that club, and I'm <laughs> I'm also vice president of the Dear God, Why Do You Keep Playing Cruise in USA Club. <laughs> What's Cruise in USA? Cruise in USA is uh, it exists for like at home game game stations, but it's also most notably one of the first like sit in the car. Uh, oh, in like the Daytona arcade and okay and. Cruise in USA gives you all these different cities and landscapes to choose from, and you can choose what kind of vehicle you have, and like... Oh, all right. I'm sure I've played that. I probably ooh. just called it driving game. It is. <laughs> it is driving game, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I play the fuck out of Cruise in USA, and let me tell you, I had a great birthday um, in 2018. I was 34, and we decided to go down to Ocean City, Jersey for my birthday and one of the biggest draws especially because we don't drink is that we got like i don't know forty dollars and quarters let's say maybe more maybe like 50 60 bucks in quarters and i just poorly that's a lot of quarters it's that's a so lot many of quarters. quarters i just very poorly for the whole like five days we were in Ocean City played ha! Jurassic Park games and oh my god and cruising USA over and over and over but I did I did beat the Jurassic Park games because I had enough quarters to do so so eventually I fucking got there but that was a that's pretty amazing. sweet birthday not gonna lie no that sounds amazing oh <laughs> The wind from my clap blew my eyelashes that I just had sitting near my computer. <laughs> oh my god, I thought you were going to say I, it blew your eyelashes off your face. Off my face. And that's lightning bolt. Lightning like bolt. Like a fucking atomic blast. <laughs> Achoo. Uh, yeah, I am uh, I'm, I'm full of surprises, but I'm not that good. <laughs> Hey, guess what I'm going to get down to business for right now, right the, right what? now, right this second. To defeat the Huns? <laughs> 
I know that reference. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Keep me from singing. <laughs> Don't make me sing. Don't make me sing. <laughs> um, friends, this is all the fucks. <laughs> all the fucks. I'm Lillian Bustle. I'm Jen Ponton, and together we hug your ears every week, um, sharing stories of deep vulnerability and awkwardness, and just nausea of feeling alone and sensitive in a world that doesn't give a shit that you feel alone and sensitive. Mm-hmm. Especially right now. <laughs> Have I ever been so succinct? No, that was great. That Into was a log line it. and a half. Yeah, I feel like I can, I feel Flash like down. once I once I get into the metaphors, that's where I'm lost in the fucking weeds and you thrive, you soar. Yep. Oh yeah. <laughs> that's my garden. <laughs> that's your garden. That's your fairy ring. Oh, fairy ring oh of my metaphors. My fairy ring of metaphors. <laughs> yeah. I I could unpack that for at least a couple days. <laughs> oh my God. So fuck buddies. We uh we gave you a little teaser of Halloween earlier in the summer as we thought about how wonderful it was to be a kid on Halloween back when you could be outside when it was dark and take shady candy from shady people and before everything was sexy noun um (laughs) (laughs) but tis october right now tis the witching hour and we thought you have uh you have given us some requests to bring back the scary stories which honestly have nothing to do with us and everything to do with us just loving feeling scared and awkward so yes (laughs) i like feeling like my pee is crawling back up inside my body yes me too also i feel like we've discussed this before but i have felt it profoundly recently because i was taking care of my mom in the hospital and sometimes gross things or scary things would happen and i would profoundly feel it in my vagina like my vagina Mm. would ache sure is that do you do you feel that like I feel that when I'm up high, too, if I realize that I'm at a height, like, I need to cross my my legs double hard because my vagina aches when I'm up high. Wow. That is not where I hold my terror. Um, when it comes to uh, I, it feels more around my belly button, but it does. I have felt like I got kicked in the vulva before mm. when things were bad. It's, you know what? You know what it is for me? What? Oh. I really do need a therapist. Um, it's when I fuck something up. Ooh. That's when that's when I feel it much lower than my belly button. You literally like, fucking something up. Yeah. That. Hi, our Freud who art in heaven. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, of course. Thinking about it like that. Yeah. There you go. I, the little things like when I accidentally, like, deleted somebody's account at work or... Uh, I mean, any one of a host of other things, because I, I mean, because I'm a human being and I make mistakes. And also sometimes people who have trained me at jobs did not do a good job at training me. Just saying. I'm just saying I, I go home and study things. Anyway, whatever. I, (laughs) I want nothing more than to live up to your expectations. That's what I want. Uh, so we have, yeah, we have spooky stories. Oh, it's October. Oh, uh, and it, incidentally, I think I may have actually found the very 
most original, the thing that kicked off the Jezebel scary stories. Ooh. Uh, I think. I think that it started in 2010, and I think that it came out of this particular um, thread that wasn't originally a Tell Us Your Haunted Stories post. It was like, haunted houses don't care if you believe in ghosts. And then, and then people started posting on this thread oh, and telling fuck, each other their stories. That's great. That's so exciting. By the way, yeah. I'm sure I will remember later, but just to throw it out there, while we are producing in October, send us your freaky stories. Yes, please. Pretty please. Whether it is something supernatural or whether it is just people being terrible and terrifying, whether it's something that is funny that you thought was happening. Um, I have one of those that I will tell you at some point in October. <laughs> it's really, really good. It's fucking Yay. bananas. Um, but yes, please, please, please. And so if you want to do that via email to our to our email address, it is allthefuckspodcast at gmail.com. But again, you know where we live on the interwebs. Find us however you want and be like, scary stories for the podcast because we want them. We're so ready. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. We're braced. We need it. We do. Look, we all have a purpose to fulfill in these trying times. (laughs) (laughs) This is your call to action, friends. Don't you want some catharsis? Yeah. Oh, let it out. Let it out. We do. I mean, it's uncomfortable, but whatever. (laughs) (laughs) I like discomfort. Same girl. (laughs) (laughs) Or at least I'm not going to (laughs) stop. For reals. For reals, though. Oh, my God. I am ready to hear this original story. Okay, so I was telling Jen that I have, um, I was listening to um, a podcast called Let's Not Meet, which for those, I'm not Reddit savvy, I'm the first one to admit that, Uh, but um, this guy was basically going through this Reddit, subreddit thread, and... Uh, people tell stories that are often true stranger danger stories. Mm. Mm. And I haven't actually read through all of these, but it is curated off of a let's not meet best of. So I have to assume that they're going to be pretty good. This one is called stranger under the bed submitted six years ago by M Y R H R A. I'm so ready. Uh, there's another one too. There's a couple of like stranger in the bed ones. Oh my God, I'm oh my 22 God. and this incident happened a year and a half ago. I had just moved into my first apartment and was in the process of moving in. The door that led into my apartment locks itself automatically when closed. So I was going to, which by the way, I hate, I don't like right. that. I want, I don't like that. Cause then I lock myself out of my house. Accurate. And also it, it might give you too, um, too, convenient a feeling of safety that you don't oh, have to absolutely. be like, like your vigilance dies down with that yep mm. yep mm-hmm. uh so i was going to the entrance of my apartment complex to get my mail while talking on the phone with my boyfriend i returned to my apartment and sat on the bed while opening the mail while using the phone i dropped the phone on the floor and it landed under the bed so i had to lie on the floor and stretch for it 
I saw something that caught my eye. There was someone under my bed. Oh my god! My eyes widened and I choked the urge to scream. The person under my bed was lying still with his back towards me and his head to his chest so I couldn't see his face. And he didn't see me trying to be rational while so many thoughts rushed through my head. Oh my fuck. I picked up the phone, said, sorry I dropped my phone. I'm just going to take a shower and call you back. The bathroom is right by my bed, so I hastily walked in, quietly locked the door, turned the shower on, jumped out of my window. Yes, girl. Fucking yes, yes. you did. Yes, you my did. apartment is on the first floor and called the police. They told me to wait nearby, not, to wait nearby, but to go across the street and see if anyone comes out the door to the apartment complex. This was during summer and it was still light out. I placed myself across the street, hiding behind a car while uh, watching my open bathroom window and the entry door. I called my boyfriend and he came to me just before the police. I gave them my keys and they went inside. Only moments later, two cops come out holding a thin and tired looking man. His eyes looked crazy, but he didn't try to get away. The policeman that stood beside me and comforted me while the police searched through my whole house. I was a mess, shivering and crying. Told me that the man stood outside my bathroom door with one of my kitchen knives. Waiting for me to come out. Oh my god, no. No, no, no. The fuck no. And I guess that's how they found him. Oh my Uh, god. Yes, this man had somehow crept in my entry door while I was getting my mail and hid under the bed. The man that was trying to hurt me turned out to be a homeless person and was placed in a mental hospital. My boyfriend moved in with me the very next day. Um, and just just as a side note, anything that you guys hear us read, it's the uh, it's the writer's own voice using the words that they used. Um, Holy shit. Uh, Thanks for reading. I just wanted to share my story so that others might want know what to do if a situation like this occurs. The police told me that what I did was truly amazing and rational. And if I had screamed, this could have ended really badly for me. Yeah. Yeah. And the first comment is, geez, like I needed a reason to compulsively check under my bed at age 31. thousand percent. 31. That's why. That's why. If if you shove so much crap under your bed that there's no room. Mm No monsters can get there. Now all I'm doing is thinking about that guy, that meme of the guy who taps his head. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. <laughs> mm. Yes. Mm, let me see. Okay. You ready for this one? I am so ready. Long time lurker joined just to post this because it is the creepiest real life story I have heard. It happened to a friend, and from the way she confessed it to me, not braggy or laughing, just genuinely creeped out, I can vouch that it's true for what it's worth. When my friend was about 11 or 12, she went to an all-inclusive resort with her family. This was one of those big places with several pools, restaurants, kids' areas, etc. Her dad buys walkie-talkies, one for her and her brother, and one for the adults. This was before cell phones were a big thing so they can stay in touch if the kids want to do their own thing. One night, her parents and her brother go down to the restaurant for supper. My friend isn't feeling well, so she asks to stay in the hotel room and watch a movie. They agree, giving her the walkie-talkie for emergencies. She's up there for an hour or so, checking in periodically with her dad, just to say hi, ask what they're eating, etc. 
She starts to feel really sick, and she says to her dad, Hey, when will you be back to the room? Her dad answers back, We're coming up right now. Sweetie, I forget the room number. Could you tell me what it is? As soon as she's about to answer, her dad's voice cuts in, Hey, Chirp, we're coming up right now. We brought you some cake. See you in five. She knows the second one is her dad because he always calls her Chirp. She locks the door. When her parents get back, they say they haven't talked to her all night. Okay. Uh, huh? (laughs) Oh my god. That whole time she was just talking with some creepo random stranger who I guess was on the frequency. Oh god! Oh my god. Herc! (laughs) I've read other stories like that where people thought they were talking to their family and then they were not talking to their family. Oh fuck Or like they would ask um, I think you read one one time where uh, where yeah I think you read this one to me where the mom was like um, the girl was at home alone, and her mom called, and she was like, oh, I'm I'm off to pick up your brother. And she was like, what? Because her brother was about to walk in the door, uh-huh. which he did. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Why? Fucking don't like why? it. Why? Hmm. Right. <clears throat> this is also on Let's Not Meet. Submitted six years ago by Whale Baboon. Thank you, Whale Baboon. <laughs> yes. Uh, so this is a story that happened to my mom's friend in Korea about like 10 years ago. Hang on a second. You can choose to leave this in or not. Uh, oh, that was not at any way as good as I thought it was oh, going to be. Sorry. That was the weakest. Wow. I, I was know like, what you expected. Ready? I know yeah. it was going to be a fucking symphony, a symphony of carbonation. <laughs> <laughs> I had kombucha a little while ago. Yes. That happens. Um, Okay, it happened to my mom's friend in in Korea about 10 years ago. Every time I hear the story, I still get the chills. My mom's friend lived in an apartment complex in Seoul. She was a stay-at-home mother with a young daughter, and her husband worked during the day. One day, she was coming home from running errands with her daughter and got onto the elevator in her building. When she got got on, she noticed that there was a man wearing a cap and yellow raincoat, and he kept his head low so that she couldn't really see his face. She immediately felt really uneasy, and she made her daughter stand to her side furthest away from the man. What made her feel even more uncomfortable was that when she pressed the button for her floor, there was no other lit number. And on top of that, she noticed that he was carried something wrapped inside newspaper close to his side. No. Things started to click in my mom's friend's head, and she started to panic and decided to take out her cell phone and pretend like she was calling home to her husband who was not really at home and was actually at work. She started saying things like, oh, I'm on the elevator and about to get off. Can you get the door for me? And making it seem like her husband was waiting for her at home. When the elevator did reach her floor, I think she lived on like the 12th floor or something. She quickly got off and grabbed her daughter and started to walk as fast as she could to her apartment. She noticed that the man also got off on her floor and was slowly following her down the hallway. When my mom's friend got to her door, she started to bang on it and shout, Hey, Yobo! That was her husband, or or means husband or dear, I guess, in Korean. I'm home. Please open the door. And kind of pretended like he was coming to answer the door. Upon seeing this, the man in the yellow raincoat started to walk away back towards the elevator. When he seemed to be far enough away, my mom's friend quickly picked up her daughter and slid open her door's passcode thingy. This is usually how people get into their homes in Korea. And started to frantically punch in her key code. 
but the problem was that the buttons would make sounds. So the man knew that no one was going to answer the door for her. And he turned around and started to run back towards her. Run? My mom's... Oh. <clears throat> My mom's friend at this point was practically screaming. And when she finally got her door to open, the first thing she did was throw her daughter in through the door. When she got in herself, she saw that the man was pretty much inches from the door, but she managed to shut it and lock it before he could wedge his hand or weapon into the door. However, after looking towards it through the door's peephole, she saw that the man was walking away back towards the elevator. Several months later, my mom's friend was watching the news, and there was coverage on the capture of a serial killer named Yu Young Chul, who used used to kill a lot of sex workers. Oh. She told my mom that she could never forget the dread she felt when she saw the too familiar yellow raincoat and hat that he was wearing when apprehended. Holy fuck. Also, why are you picking up on those I know who you... I I saw... Wait. I know what what you did last summer. (laughs) I know what you did last summer. (laughs) Yeah. What? A yellow raincoat? Come on. What's the... Why do you need a slicker? (laughs) No. At least do do some fucking Georgie Denbro cosplay. Come on. Yeah. I mean, do you have a hook on your hand? Like, what... Right. (laughs) What are you doing? Oh my god, that was I hate it. I love anything where it's people looking back and being like, oh shit, that could have been me. Yeah. Ugh. Oh god. Um <clears throat> so I grew up in a house with a lot of ghost goings on. Our house growing up was four hundred years old, so a lot went on, but nothing too sinister. This event actually took place in my mom's new house, a little one-bedroom cottage actually built in the 80s. We'd been out for dinner, me, my mom, and my mom's husband, and we'd had a couple of drinks, but nothing major, and headed back to the house. My mom and her husband headed up to the bedroom, and I slept on the sofa bed. The downstairs was really small, really just one room with the front door at one end, a semi-wall partition, and then straight through to the kitchen. The stairs came down and ended in front of the front door. Anyway, I'm lying in bed, and I know I'm not asleep because I've got a fucking Justin Bieber earworm stuck in my head. But I'm just (laughs) lying there, dozing in the dark, when I hear footsteps come down the stairs. Nothing weird about that. My mom coming for a glass of water. She gets to right next to my bed and says, It's really cold down here. Do you want to come in with me? No... This is weird because it's actually roasting in the house. Mm. I figure she's just being weird. So I keep my eyes closed and pretend to sleep. Oh. (laughs) Oh, weird old mom walking up next to me. (laughs) Okay, mom. Okay, mom. Why are you so weird? (laughs) I'm laying there feigning sleep when it dawns on me. That wasn't my mom's voice. What? I don't know who it was, but it wasn't her. Why would she ask me up to her room? Anyway, I'm 27 and her husband is there. Fuck. I I lie there, now with my heart racing, terrified to open my eyes, and I realize I never heard footsteps go back upstairs. Oh, no! Is it still there? No! I lie with my eyes screwed shut, terrified for about 20 minutes, or who even knows how long. It felt like forever. Before I get up the courage to open my eyes and lunge for the light switch. Nothing there. 
I run around turning on all the downstairs lights. I must have made a right noise because then my mom comes down the stairs for real. I ask her, I am very serious. Did you come talk to me just now? Of course not, she says. Then I am very serious. <laughs> <laughs> then I just burst into tears. What if I had opened my eyes? Where did it want me to go with it? Uh, <laughs> nope. <laughs> Hard pass. Uh, 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 who did I... I know somebody whose backup band is called the Hard Pass. <laughs> That's nice. Uh, I can't remember who it was. I just thought it was funny. Um, well, speaking of all the nope, this one is called Welcome to the Hotel California. Nope. <laughs> yes. Uh, by someone named Jaguar Fabulous. These I'm make here. me love people. I know, same here. You know, I have <sighs> so much proof to the contrary, and I get really mad because I do generally enjoy people on an individual yeah. basis. Yeah, same here. <laughs> same here. I um, I do, and I feel like I think that uh, I think quarantine has made me remember that a little bit better. Um, okay. All right, this is an essay, but a lot happens. Bear with me. It's not that long. It's fine. <laughs> You're fine. Um, I want all the scary. The longer the better, oh, That's actually in. So if you go to Let's Not Meet on the content guidelines on the right, um, it's like, does my story need to be scary? Yes, it also needs to be true. One of the questions is, uh, or one of the things is, please don't apologize for length. This is a story-based subreddit, and we enjoy reading long stories. There we go. Um, Truth is. Mm-hmm. My next-door neighbor's parents moved from India to the U.K. back in the 60s. After retiring, they made a habit of heading back there every year to visit family and friends, ultimately spending around half their time traveling through India and half their time here. Long story short, one year they invite my family along. I was 15, now 25, and thought I was some that badass Viking rock prince because I had long blonde hair and red Kerrang. I don't know what K- K-E-R-R-A-N-G is, but... I guess that makes you a Viking. Uh, <laughs> fun fact. Curly hair ruins everything. I looked like a fucking cherub. Oh. <laughs> uh, breaking the law. Breaking the law. Um, now, my neighbor's dad has, had, has planned this holiday, and it's like a military campaign. When we arrive, he hands each of us, including my 11-year-old brother and sister, a brown folder containing our itinerary, hotel brochures, money conversion charts, train timetables. This is making me so turned on. Four, four passport photos of ourselves for forms, etc., and a list of names under the head are useful people. Forget Viking rock prints. I'm James fucking Bond. Exactly. Yes. That's what I want. That's great. Uh, other than the fact that I'm mistaken for a girl on several occasions, my favorite being when one of my neighbor's relatives asks my mom while she let, why she lets me dress like a boy and offers to have a sari fitted for me. <laughs> <laughs> I have an amazing time. And in all caps, until <laughs> we rock up to this huge, it says rock, by the way, we rock up to this huge hotel in the middle of the jungle. Honestly, the arse end of nowhere. The nearest village is a three-hour drive down on dirt road. Also, I'm just, I'm going to, I like vacations and I like remote places. You will never get me to a place that's that remote. Ever. I don't ever want to be. So the furthest I have been was in, uh, when I was in Boise, they took us to a hot springs. And it wasn't even that remote. It's just that um, there was no cell service after a certain point. They were right. like, just, you know, get all in your te- texting because there's literally no service from here to the end 
<laughs> That's very intimidating. And I like being in the middle of nowhere, but no, that kind of I don't want to be three hours in the middle of nowhere. No. Right, right. Especially like three hours from a hospital, three hours from no. anyone. No, Fuck, you're no. gonna I'm gonna immediately fall on something sharp. <laughs> I need to be within three hours of a tetanus booster, okay? Mm, hmm <laughs> Close enough that if I knock my tooth out, you can still toss it in some milk and put it back in. Uh, I don't know if you're supposed to do that or if you only were supposed to do that in the 80s. <laughs> Is that a thing? Toss it in milk? Is that like to That's make what I was taught. Not- <laughs> I was taught that if you, if that? you knocked out a tooth, I don't know. McGruff the crime dog? Who knows? Who told us anything when we were kids? I don't fucking know. I'm wondering if it is. I'm wondering I feel like fantasy I saw. if it is your mom or your dad's. Because <laughs> I feel like I remember a cartoon. I remember a cartoon of like a kid falling down and the tooth being like boink, boink, boink. And then they're like, oh no, my tooth is gone. Anyway, whatever. Sorry. Sorry, Jaguar. Fabulous. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> So three hour drive down a dirt road just before sunset in the fucking jungle. So I pull out the brochure and be safe to say that this place is under new management. There's a single light on about five stories up. As we pull up to the drive, we spot a group of men clustered around a large fire. One of them stands and starts shouting something, but is silenced by the guy next to him with a slap to the back of his head. One of the group comes sauntering over and motions our driver to wind down the window. Imagine Alfred Hitchcock as an Indian drug lord, and you'd have a pretty good idea of the man now flapping his jowls through our window. Oh, God. He peers into the back, spots us, and cracks the dictionary definition of a shit-eating grin. In broken English, he welcomes us to the hotel, glances over our reservations, and ushers us into the lobby. This is when shit gets really weird. The place is deserted. Not the staff have gone to bed deserted. It was like whoever was fucking here noped it out of this place in a hurry deserted. There were toppled chairs in the lobby. Oh, my God. Hitchcock tells us that our rooms aren't ready. It is now 9 p.m. and offers us some food while we wait. The dining room is huge, empty, and our order is taken by a boy no older than nine who promptly vanishes Closing the door behind him, we hear a motorbike engine outside, and an hour late later, something vaguely resembling our order appears in a variety of mismatched dinnerware. No one has any idea where it came from. At this point, we were all pretty unnerved, and everyone started making lame jokes to ease the tension. We were only there for one night, and everything had been paid for in advance, and we were a large group, 11 in total, with two people who spoke Hindi and Konkani, so felt pretty sure we could deal with any weirdness. Hitchcock waddles in and takes us to our rooms. Every one of them is stripped bare apart from the beds and bedside tables. Exposed wires poke out of the walls where you'd expect a TV and or phone. And there are rectangular patches of discolored wallpaper suggesting somebody finally took a stand against terrible hotel artwork. (laughs) I want to meet this person. The only decoration is this creepy little metal horse that's just sitting on one of the bedside tables. I'm sharing with my little bro, and he insists on taking the bed closest to the door, presuming, presumably thinking that I could summon Thor if things got hairy. Hitchcock lingers in our doorway for a while, flashing his pearly browns and giving me the rape eyes. Oh, God. I close the door on him. We dump our bags, check the door is locked, and have bro chats until we pass out. I wake up. No clue when. Clocks didn't fit in with the whole minimalist cracked in vibe the management was going for, but it's pitch black. (laughs) (laughs) To hear the door to my room clicking shut. 
the door that is no further than a foot from my head. Fuck that. I'm no Viking rock prince. I'm a flying baby that plays a harp. (laughs) I cower under the surprisingly clean blankets until my heart stops threatening to bust out of my ribs and redecorate the ceiling. Stealthy ninja roll out of my bed and to the door. The bastard is unlocked. Fuck this. Barricade that shit with the bedside table. Check little bro is still alive. Get into bed. See our bags. Add them to the barricade. Notice that mine is open. Fuck everything. Oh, my God. Plot twist. Nothing's missing. Camera, wallet, Has something closed. been added? I don't know yet. Uh, super secret spy dossier. Everything's intact. I convince myself that I've shot my pants over nothing and go back to sleep. Side note. Little bro slept through the whole thing. God bless kids, man. Mm. I, I used to sleep through everything. That has nothing to do with being a child, though. That's just because um, I probably have inherent thyroid problems. Uh, morning comes and That's we all... That's just because you lived on Fig Newtons. It's because I had, <laughs> I had no nutrition. <laughs> it's probably been anemic my entire childhood. Oh, God. And hopping myself up on Sudafed. All right. Morning comes and we all want to get out of there as soon as possible. Neighbor's dad kicks off about how weird the whole thing is to Hitchcock and about gets half of our money back. Excellent. We head outside and my sister points the charred remains of one of the hotel beds in what's left of the fire pit. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> what? Turns out that our driver, who had a room in the place, had decided to sleep in the bus because he, in his own words, didn't want their funny business. Apparently there were people coming and going all night. He woke up to see a guy, nose against the window, just staring at him. Driver hit the window, and the dude scampered off into the jungle like fucking Mowgli. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. We give the driver an extra huge tip. Hitchcock waves at us from the lobby, adjusts his crotch, and plods back in. We leave thinking the weirdness is over. And this is chapter three, and in all caps, it says, Shyamalan. About an hour into the journey, I decide to take a look at our itinerary, so pull out our spy folder. My heart instantly sinks. One of my passport photos is gone. (laughs) A perfect 35 by 45 rectangle is missing from the corner. Three little Viking rock cherubs stare up at me, mourning their fallen brother. I search the folder, ask my parents if they took it for something, start losing my shit. Everything from the night before rushes back. I explain what happened, and there's this weird moment of silence, and everybody looks at each other. It turns out that everybody heard something outside at their door at some point during the night, but had deadbolted them before going to sleep. Bro and I had no deadbolt. Hitchcock put us in that fucking room on purpose. Oh driver God. suggests that we head back to the hotel and demand satisfaction. Tips galore for driver. We arrive at the hotel. The doors are padlocked. Hitchcock and his cronies have vanished. The cherry on top of this mindfuck cake is the horse. The little metal horse that was sat- sitting on our bedside table had been placed on the step in front of the doors. <laughs> I took it. Uh, I took it. Free souvenir. Fuck you, Hitchcock. <laughs> TLDR. Basically, don't go to India. <laughs> uh, oh, my shit. And, and then he says, edit. The TLDR is just me dicking around. Whatever. I love India. People are love and then there's another thing that says do go to india don't go to scary jungle hotels that's Um, yeah that's a fair distinction oh my shit oh oh wait there's an update oh hang on um what updates in real time oh (laughs) 
something okay the horse statue uh, I don't, I'm just going to read it the way it's written. First things first, I'm so sorry. I can only imagine the heartbreak and disappointment you felt on Christmas morning as you raced downstairs, ignored all your presents and loved ones, and flung yourself in front of the computer, ready to revel in the malicious majesty of Creepona Stalker Horse. Long story short, my iPad died, then my dog died, then every trans service in the UK died. It's been a long festive season. Fuck this shit. Where's the horse, everyone? I'm glad you asked right here. Okay, and then there's a picture of the horse. Okay, that was that was long. You think you're much more clever than you are. And it's just a tiny, it's a tiny horse. It's smaller than a banana. It's a tiny horse sitting on a it's banana. It's smaller than a banana. It is. How Can is you imagine? that your unit of measurement? Because it's sitting on a banana. Because <laughs> it's sitting on a banana. <laughs> I love that you think I just have an inherent idea about how big your standard banana is. But I also love that I said that, giving you no hint or context. No context anyway. at all. <laughs> oh my fuck! Is it bigger than a bread box? Small than a banana? <laughs> all right, that really was a mouthful, but it was great. I was that there. was delight. Holy shit! Okay, you ready for this one? Yes. During my teen years, like most of you, I assume, my boyfriend and I would spend most nights just driving around town. Accurate. Oh, man. I miss that. Me too. One night during winter, we turned down one road that we thought was a different road, but this one ended up being very narrow, unpaved, and hadn't been plowed. Our car got stuck, and there was no cell service. After much digging and trying to get unstuck, we decided we needed to look elsewhere, as curfew was almost up. The houses were very few and far between, but we had passed one not too long ago, so we decided to go ask to use a phone. We can see the house as we approach, a light or two on upstairs. Get to the door and knock, and then we hear the music. (laughs) It is like that classic sort of circus carnival music. You know the one. Oh, I do. Then we notice that the back door, that the door is literally boarded up. Being, oh. <laughs> being dumb teens, we try, we decide to try the back door. Walk out to the back deck, and literally there is a huge hole in the middle of the deck. So, okay, back to the other door. I sort of pressed my ear to the door and heard what sounded like something very heavy falling down a flight of stairs. So I was done at that point. I just look at my boyfriend and said, like, we got to go and literally start running away down the road. We Mm. eventually reach another house and knock on the door. A sweet old couple answers. They let me use their phone to call my mom. And the guy says he can pull us out of the snow with his pickup and some chains. As we're driving back to the car, we pass the other house. I tell him we knocked and no one answered. And he says, oh, that's so-and-so's summer house. They haven't been here for months. Oh, no! no! <laughs> Killer clowns from outer space. That's my. That's what I'm going with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Oh, God. Uh, boarded up thing. <laughs> no, thanks. No. I, uh... It is so interesting being in such an urban area where, like, I'm sure... That plenty of people are going into the houses with the big, like, red, white X signs on them, which means there's nobody living here. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but, like, presumably, if that happened, 
like someone would hear you screaming unless it's yeah. it and <laughs> and something has like trapped your voice um, <laughs> unless but, like, both it and Ursula are there <laughs> mhm mhm um but yeah like when we used to fuck around in the woods with the, the houses mm, Nah. If you're far enough away from shit to get away with something, you are far enough to get left for dead. Right, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's probably the biggest reason that I wouldn't get into it now. And I have friends who are my age who still do it, and I am envious, but I still don't know if I would. Like, the it, the risks seem just seem way too great. And that, ha- and that is totally apart from like law enforcement right so uh yeah let alone what might happen with the cops or beyond there are just way too many things that i am aware of as a grown-ass woman sure like i don't want to fall and hurt my back oh mm -hmm, exactly like that was my first thing i was like i don't want to be in the middle of nowhere because what if i injure myself right Right. Uh, And now there's definitely more of a sense of, like, the danger of a vagrant, too. Not that vagrants are inherently dangerous, but is there substance involved? Is there fear and a weapon involved? I'm glad you brought that up, because that's what my next story is about. Is it? I'm excited. This is from Gen Legend 3, and it's called, He Had Plans for Me. (gasps) Uh, apparently there's a subreddit called No Sleep, which yes! might not have the realest ghost stories, but it's not creepypasta either. Ooh, uh, maybe sorry. that could be a little episode. That might be fun. I find creepypasta slightly less satisfying, but we could definitely look at No Sleep. Um, it's because it's just so urban legendy, the creepypasta stuff. Uh, uh, yeah, there we go. What is happening to me? I'm possessed, in case anyone's wondering. Sorry. But you knew I was possessed, so you weren't really wondering. That's true. Um, <laughs> sorry <laughs> if you read this in No Sleep already, but since it was my really, since it was really real as opposed to No Sleep Real, I wanted to post it here too. So yesterday I was at my sister's house with my mom watching my son and nephews play in the yard. One of my nephews, Harrison, was picking bark off a tree when I remembered an odd encounter I had as a kid. I said, so weird, out loud, thinking about the encounter. My mom inquired what I was talking about, so I told her. When I was a kid, I was hanging out at the Pinecone Forest, which is what the neighborhood kids call a small patch of trees on the side of the road. I was picking bark off of one of the trees to pass some time waiting for my friend Frankie to finish his homework and come out and play. Out of nowhere, it seemed, a guy came up to me. I could smell him before I saw him. He smelled like stale cigarette smoke. I was kind oh, of scared. I was kind of scared when I looked at him. He wasn't very old, but had a lazy eye that was cloudy, and his teeth and fingernails were stained yellow. My mom taught me to be nice to people, even if they don't look at me, look like me, so I faked a smile and said hello. Your mom did not explain that very well. That is accurate. Uh, what are you doing, he asked me. The smell of his breath was the worst. Um, I'm picking the bark off this tree? You shouldn't do that. It's like picking off the tree's skin. How would you like it if someone picked off your skin? He said, while lightly pinching my arm with his sharp yellow nails. Oh, my God, no. I don't know, I replied and took my arm back. <laughs> Just then, Frankie's mom called out for me at, uh, called for me out the door and told me to come and wait inside. I didn't think anything of the whole thing at the time. When, my, when I told my mom about it, she had this look of kind of, I don't know, guilt maybe. She said, it's probably time you know the whole story. 
She thought I had forgotten about the whole encounter, so she never brought it up to me. First, you should know that the neighborhood I grew up in was a small, tight-knit community. Everyone knew everyone, and there was no reason for an outsider to come up unless they knew someone there. Anyway, here's what happened with this guy. Frankie's mom, Sonia, noticed a white van with no windows parked on the side of the road. How cliche, right? She didn't recognize it, but figured maybe it was a visitor for a neighbor. Sonia said, or rather told the police, that the van had been there all morning and afternoon. She was kind of keeping an eye on it, and she said she just had a bad feeling. Her house had a huge window in front facing the pinecone forest, and the van was parked next to it. She saw me waiting for Frankie and kept a constant eye on the van while holding the phone just in case. She saw the man exit the back of the van and walk up to me. As soon as she saw him grab my arm and pinch me, she called the cops. That was when she called me into her house. I'm just saying you could have called the kid in before that happened, but whatever. Uh, whatever. Um, the cops stopped the guy just outside of my neighborhood. In the back of his van, hold on to your ass, oh were God. binoculars, a Polaroid camera, and pictures of me taped all over the walls and <gasps> ceiling. Oh, my fuck. Oh, my fuck. No, 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 no. Oh, my good fucking God. Me at school. Me at my grandparents' house. Me at the bank with my mom. Just me everywhere I went. That's not all. That's not all. He had... He had a key to a storage unit on him. And inside, they found a cabinet full of knives. A lot of knives. How many do you need, really? Paring knives, a butcher cleaver, a thin flay knife, a melon baller, various knives of all shapes and sizes. There were also a few anatomy books, obstetrical equipment, duct tape, and ten empty five-gallon buckets. In the middle of the unit was an old bed that was used to restrain mental patients, so it had wrist and ankle straps, and the entire side of the unit was covered in plastic wrap. Oh, no, 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 no. My mom said he was in a high-security mental institution for the criminally insane last she heard. So, that's pretty creepy to me, and I figured I'd share. Oh, my God. <laughs> <ever loving. laughs> Jesus tap dancing Christ. Uh, oh, um, and in the comments, uh, Jesus fucking fuck, how old were you? I was eight when this happened. He had pictures of me that went back two years! <gasps> that is horrifying oh my god (sighs) girl girl he had plans for me that was oh my i told you these were good these are these are these are really good um we got a good uh, october coming yeah i used to listen to a lot of let's not meet i actually like it a little bit better than shit there's a radiotopia scary story one that just like I just don't like the host slash narrator guy. I feel like he tries really hard to shoehorn. I'll see if I can figure out. I think it might. Co- oh, it's spooked. Spooked. And you and I have talked about this before. I feel like the host tries too hard to shoehorn his own stories into things. And it sounds corny to me. He has a very sexy voice. That's not my problem at all. Um, but he's just like, have you ever been a place that was full of real voodoo? When my brother and I, blah, 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 and my mother always had these talisman. Anyway, don't leave a candle on in the dark. Our first story is, and I'm like, oh, stop. That's too much. It's 
very, um, whatever the scary version of maudlin is. <laughs> Corny hokey, whatever. Corny like. hokey, I like that. Oh my fuck. I mean, God, that was so good. I don't even know if I want to give a last one. I feel like that could close it out. Holy oh, shit. Sure. Holy shit. Yeah. Oh, my God. And that's also, like, I just want to point out a lot of Polaroid film. That's, <laughs> you know what story that is? That is those people fucking house hunting and finding that old abandoned house oh, with a giant God. well full of, like, missing Sometimes I just think about that. Yeah, yeah. The pit that just had everybody's, like, women's IDs and a bunch of empty purses and stuff. Uh, 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 the house with all the dolls? Like, the dolls and the porn. Come on, guys. Get it together. Wow. <laughs> Oh my god! Uh, I mean, yeah, we can definitely we can definitely leave it there. Oh, um, I'm gonna leave it there. How's your life? Let's talk a few minutes about how yeah, how I, life's going. <laughs> how's my life going? Um, I'm I'm like balls deep into Pen Fifteen season two. I super love it. I actually had it on in the background. and wasn't quite paying full attention to it, so I'm going. I got through five episodes, and I'm like, no, I have to really pay attention. So I went back. I just love it. I love it. I love Pen15. and I love and the so whole, much. I've never seen such a portrayal of, of female friendship at that stage of life. Yes. Yes. Um, my best... Well, uh, the two of my best friends, one of whom was really only uh, super close with me through high school, and the other one is, is Gabby. Um, we were a little... We were a happy little unit in high school, and we were the dorkiest, but we had so much fucking fun together, the three of us. And we have, um, we used to pass around a a notebook that, where we would write between the three of us, and it was always just chock full of total dorkery and obsession. And so we, we have a DM chain called The Notebook, and we've been talking (laughs) about how excited we were to watch Pen15, and Gabby wrote me uh, today, and she was like, ugh, I binged Pen15 season one right when it premiered, um, and I wanted to rewatch it before I started season two, and it's already an uncomfortable watch, but watching it in the lens of, you know, pandemic and not being able to see people you love, she goes, makes me miss you so fucking much, so oh. I think, I think what I would like to try and do is to basically just bombard her with um dms as i say rewatch yeah. and then we can watch season two uh remotely together oh fun that's great i love it i love them i really really enjoy that show admittedly the pilot was kind of hard for me to grok and i think part of it too is because they're a little bit younger than me so i was like ugh. Seventh grade in two thousand. Barf. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so that I, is fair. That's like a feeling, right? Especially when it's yeah. so close to where I was, but not quite. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, come on, just give me like three years earlier. Four, technically, but um, <laughs> but uh, but I f- completely fell in love with it moving forward entirely nice. so um i am very excited for season two um is 
so good. It's so good. Also, season four of The Good Place has made it to Netflix, and I didn't watch it in real time on Hulu this past year, so I have not seen it yet. All I know is the end of season three, I was sobbing my heart out. So I am real excited for Tears Aplenty. (laughs) (laughs) And I got my mom into it. My mom was um, recently hospitalized. It was it's been a crazy and stressful uh, month and she's doing great. She's doing great right now. But uh, for a while, it was it was touch and go. And when we got her home, I was like, hey, this is a show you will like. So we started watching it together. She's like, oh, Jennifer, this is just so silly and fluffy. And I was like, wait for it. (laughs) (laughs) Give it some time. It will immediately. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to become fucking cathartic as fuck yeah would you did you say that you were looking for um a poignant comedy about ethics oh have we got the did you say you wanted to question everything you knew about humanity (laughs) (laughs) i love that sit back relax and be prepared to grind your teeth for the entire rest of your life also i will say it is a great show for everyone. There is not a weak leg in the cast. However, I have to say, hmm. Manny Jacinto as Jason. Oh, he's the best. Is one of my favorite performances of all time. Only because I can't even imagine how he gets to the the choices he decides to make. And they're so wonderful. Oh my God, they're so bold. <laughs> they're so wonderful they're so bold they're so completely out of left field i take such joy and of course you know it's a role that could be so much more um tropey right it could be Mm -hmm. it could be smarmy and gross and like slick and shitty and this asshole you love to hate but he's not he's just a joyful idiot right He's just, I fucking love him so much. Yeah, it's exquisite. It's exquisite. Really, yes, completely. Also, I want that fucking lip color on Jamila Jamil. Ah, beautiful, like, muted magenta burgundy i want whatever the version of that is for a very fair blonde mm. white person uh in the in the early 90s it was uh berry shades was what they referred to them as mm-hmm. yeah and i do wear berry shades but it's like it's obviously not a your lips but better but <laughs> it looks so it just, it, it goes with her so beautifully. Like, of course she's wearing lipstick and you notice it, but it is just so congruent with her. I want whatever that version of that is for me. Yes. Yep. <laughs> that's that's I what I want from her. That's just what, all I'm looking at. <laughs> it's 
Oh my god! Stick color she wears. Oh, somebody, somebody, fucking. Uh, like when I open Twitter and I've got a bunch of mentions, I'm like, oh no, what happened? Ugh. Um, Jamila Jamil was like, I uh, there's a project that's happening, looking for fat pole dancers, and of course, immediately people were like, why do you have to call him fat? Oh, Ooh. for fuck's sake! And uh, you know, if I just stumbled upon Jamila Jamil and didn't understand her whole background and like how embraced she is. By, by the fat community and how fucking down to earth and how much she listens then I maybe can understand but that means but that means if you don't know that then you just got here right right you did zero yes. anything except for wake up and be like well fat people don't like to be called fat shut up sit down take shut all down. the seats absolutely um, Anyway, uh, I came there. Uh, somebody was like, "Oh, get a get a get a load of Lillian Bustle's uh, whole TED Talk thing," and I was like, "Thanks." Also, Roz the Diva. Um, oh Roz the Diva. God, if you guys I don't know her, love Roz. she's such a darling. Um, she uh, is an incredible <laughs> pole dancer and teacher, and just an all around delight of a human she being. She's a and, powerhouse. Oh, she's incredible. She's incredible. She also, I think, does personal training on the side. Like she, yeah, she takes, does. She's strongest. Fuck. Yeah. She kicks all the ass and takes every name. Oh, my God. Um, I was so happy you introduced me to her. Uh, yeah, we, we met at CurvyCon last year. Yep. yep. And I had performed with her in a couple of uh, different interesting um, shows. So uh, nice. Uh, and it was nice to see her again, too, because, it you know, it's one thing when you do shows with people all the time, but, like, when you only run into each other once every three years, it's hard to... It's yeah. hard to be like, oh, are are we buddies? I don't know. Right. Exactly. I think I just I'll just assume that I'm buddies with everybody until someone gives me, you know, gives me the little fade away, and then I'm like, oh, okay, I guess I was being overly familiar. Sorry. Oh, has anyone done that to you though? Uh, yeah, occasionally, and and that's fine. It's to it's totally fine. I I'm a person who thrives off of friendliness, so I I always hope that people are going to be friendly with me. Now, I don't mean overly familiar, like I walked up and gave them an, an unexpected snuggle or, like, <laughs> grabbed them on the tush or told them that I had been hanging out outside their house in a white van with pictures of them inside it. <laughs> no. But anyway, on that note, oh, uh, happy uh, happy almost October. Happy probably October when this airs. It is right? going to be October First, when this airs, that is correct, and that's not true. I love October, but I hate I hate that this year has been like chomped by a fucking uh, Mario mob bot, like the boss monster. (laughs) Yes, um, I would like to put forward though that the closer we are to winter, the closer we are to this calendar year being over. And while I think it is fallacious to and and ignorant to posit that like oh it's just the evilness of 2020 i will say that definitely astrologically there is some fucking big ginormous shit that honestly starts to shift at the end of december um yeah a bunch of shit that has been in capricorn which in its best iteration is you in its worst iteration, is just pure, cold, calculated greed. Yes. Patriarchal, 
very controlling, very rigid, unemotional greed. That is, that's the energy that we have been just fucking trying to keep at bay with a Mm -hmm. bat studded with nails this year. And that energy begins shifting into Aquarius in December. Um, And Aquarius is just like, it's still, it's still pretty, um, what's the word I want to say? It's still pretty objective. However, Aquarius is about the collective. It's about healing. It's about innovation. It is about equality. Nice. It is about science. It is about ideas that further us as a species and as a world and as a consciousness. Like Aquarius is tapped in to the better evolution of humanity. So we are about to go through Aquarius running that shit for like a couple hundred years. (laughs) Wow. And we're leaving the Capricorn era. Um, So that finally starts to shift in December. Um, So I don't know. For what it's worth, I think the closer we get to that, I'm just like, come on, I'm I'm ready. And that doesn't mean it's going to resolve quickly because it won't. But you will feel like undeniably the magnetic shifts beneath your feet. Well, I'm feeling all kinds of shit shift beneath my feet, so I'm looking forward to something nicer, because right now, Flora's lava is really kind of burning my ass. Oh, yeah. I am otherwise not entirely looking forward to it being cooler, because I can go a lot of places that aren't my house right now. Yep. I can't can't even talk about it. I can't even talk about it. It was like cloudy at 5.30 today because I guess there were clouds or, and or fires in everywhere. Um, and, but it was fires? that gloomy. Well, the all the crap from California is affecting our air quality. It is, isn't it? It is. I know. I knew it because yeah, it had it's been, been hazy so as fuck. hazy. Yep. Yes. Oh, thank you. I thought I was insane for thinking that it made its way here 3,000 miles away. But no, it's absolutely looked super hazy like it should be really really hot and muggy and it was during right. all that cold crisp yep. weather mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. welcome to the new normal and then all of that is gonna everything's gonna be like in the triple digits this week okay we have to stop talking about this um wait what do you mean triple digits like the weather out in california is gonna be super fucking hot this week oh god I know. Um, sorry, guys. Sorry, guys. We love you. Jesus. We do love you. And, uh, you know, for, for whatever it's worth, I will say that um, to, to you and to our listeners, if you can, moving forward, create some kind of a trusted germ pod, it might be a great time to do it. Um, yes. If you have someone who lives nearby, across the street, around the corner people you like maybe it's your family maybe it's not but uh have especially as we're going fewer and fewer places since the tomfoolery of this summer will will die down mm-hmm. just because people won't all be you know angling to get out and to the beach or to the game or to the whatever yep um 
it, it might be really helpful for your mental health and for your resources to have a germ pod where you have really strong accountability with each other for where you've been and of course quarantining if you've been subjected to people who are not in the pod but it might be really really good for you to have other places that you feel you can be safely uh, that you can go safely sure other people that you can be in close contact with for germ pods it means that you all share the same germs and you're all not exposing yourselves to new germs so you don't have to be in masks you can hug each other you can you can be close and intimate with each other um that is what we are planning and that should hopefully uh just increase a little bit of sanity and the quality of mental health because honestly i'd fucking do it with you if we lived closer jesus christ i know i know (laughs) yeah no it's uh yeah so if you if you haven't thought of that and you've been you know and you've been kind of dreading uh this in this further level of confinement and isolation coming up that might be a great thing to look into and to talk to your loved ones about nice good point yeah that's my recommendation. I guess we've had a lot of recommendations. Sure. <laughs> watch Pen15. Well, it's because, watch it's because we were. It's because we were. Yeah, watch your hands. It's because we were ta- using other people's words to talk about things. Instead yes. of talking in our words today. So we needed to talk more. Yeah. Yeah. And I needed a fucking power, a palate cleanser after that uh-huh. nightmare on fucking wheels in a panel van, my friend. Ha. <laughs> Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Also, how could you deal with being that person and not leading with that story with whomever you were to meet from there on out? Like, including job interviews. Oh, sure. <laughs> oh, sure. And then she was just like, shrug. Yeah. <sighs> oh my god. That one, let's not forget the guy under the bed. Oh my god, no, never, 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 never. Yeah, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready to dig into this gold mine. I'm ready to move on. Jezebel's done great, but it's too hard. Whatever that Gizmodo is thing or whatnot that that has the comments, it's too hard to unscroll. Unfroll like my biggest hope is that at some point they switch over to a different platform, but whatever, I'm not in charge of the world. Yeah, the whatever it is, the JavaScript or something. It's it's a beast. Yeah, it's got to be some kind of like old applet yeah. bullshit thing. Yep. Um, I have one more teeny tiny palette cleanser before we say goodbye. Okay. It's a, it is a recommendation for my friend Teresa Jusino's podcast, Finding Felicity. She uh, was at NYU while the WB show Felicity was on, a story about Carrie Russell, this very, very all the fucks character um, who has very quietly been in love with this boy, Ben, through all of high school. And then on graduation day, he talks to her and like says something incredibly intimate and beautiful and is like, I just watched you for... F- oh, no, he writes it in her fucking yearbook. It's the most all the fucks thing that's ever happened. Oh, he writes it in her yearbook and he's like, I just watched you for four years and wondered what was going on in that in that incredible mind of yours. And, and like... Obviously something that any 17-year-old boy would not write. But um, it is the impetus for her to scrap her plans of pre-med at Stanford and to reroute her life 
unsupported to going across the country, following him to NYU. And uh, I haven't thought about Felicity an ent- a whole lot since I watched it initially in 1998. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was my job to catch up with it a bit and to talk with Teresa about the season two premiere. And in doing so, I learned just how much my life mirrored hers and my Mm. feelings mirrored hers and it is amplified by the fact that jj abrams and i share a birthday (laughs) there is so much cancer energy going on in the creators and in the cast like it's intense wow 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 it's intense i was never into that show but everybody i know loved it it was very it was very sweet of its time. Uh, I would say it was my least favorite of the WB shows, but I watched it religiously for a couple of years. Sure. And um, anyway, I did an episode of her podcast, Finding Felicity, that just came out. So if you love Felicity or you've wanted to check it out and you want to listen to some really smart and funny commentary about it and some mortifying personal reflections... Uh, go find her wherever you listen to your podcasts. Great. Yep. That's perfect. That sounds great. Yeah. It was uh, alarming. <laughs> Love it. I told her some shit. Yes. Yay. I know the shit scoop. Yeah, Thank you do. That sounds terrible. <laughs> All right. Fuck okay. buddy, send us your scary stories. Please, please, please. Did you it almost get kidnapped? Halloween. Oh Did my someone God. try to push you off a cliff? Have you found something terrifying in your apartment or in your walls or under your bed? Tell I mean, us those things. Oh did my God. you did you send stories into my favorite murder about shit in walls and they did not read them on the hometowns? Like, give us that. Give us that. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. We will read it. We will read it. We are so excited to read them. Um, So please, please, please send in your scary stories. We're going to be doing creeptastic stuff all throughout the month, Um, both personal stuff and and reading stuff. So get ready for spooky Halloween. (laughs) Yeah, you love it. Lillian, Uh I found your wigs. Ah, cheese it, I was the villain all the time. Didn't you notice I was twirling my mustache? And I would have gotten away with it too. <laughs> if it wasn't for those meddling kids. 